Welcome to I Can't Believe I'm Vegan, where we talk about tips and tricks to maintaining an easy vegan lifestyle. In this podcast, I'll be offering my secret ingredients to cook up your own recipe towards a plant-based lifestyle. Let's eliminate the struggle when it comes to consistency. Judgment-free over here. We will turn that shame into finding the joy of living your life without feeling like you're missing anything. I'm your host, Kara Pitts, also co-owner of Southern Roots Vegan Bakery. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. We have a special guest here, my amazing husband, Marcus Pitts. What up, podcast world? I'm here for the first time. Excited to be here. Welcome to I Can't Believe I'm Vegan. Marcus doesn't know it yet, but he will be a frequent guest co-host on this podcast. To be determined. It is determined. (laughs) (laughs) It is determined. But I want to welcome you to the show, babe. And I'm going to let you tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am glad to be here. And for those of y'all that don't know, uh, I, like Kara said, and her husband, Marcus Pitts, born and raised here in San Antonio, Texas. I'm going to be 40 soon here in a bit, in December, actually. And I've been vegan for four or five years. I quit counting after a while, but it's been about four years now, almost five, and I don't know. It's just uh, I'm a you know regular Texas dude, typical guy, and I'm a Cowboys fan. Graduated from uh, Texas Tech in I think it was 2012, 2011 and 12. But yeah, um, you know, like I said, just I've uh, been working, been an entrepreneur for a big part of my life. Uh, worked jobs in between, but you know, excited to to be on this journey. I want to get into this episode, guys. Is about what we're going to eat. So we're going to talk about you made the decision and now you're hungry. Like, (laughs) what happens after that? But um, before we dive into that, I am interested a little bit more, Marcus, about your vegan background. So I told the people a little bit about when we watched What the Health that you were like, light switch. I'll do it. For me, it did not work that way. But I want to know for you, what was different about What the Health? Because I'll say that's not the first documentary that we've watched together. So, like, what was it about that one? Well, from what I can remember, it was the first documentary that we watched that was that in-depth about health and wellness. And interestingly enough, it was like this perfect storm. So we were on the entrepreneur journey at the same time. We had recently become frequent members of our, our local church here. And... I was wanting to do better. I was wanting to be better. So it really just happened at the perfect time that I soaked in the information. Because for me, I'm an information kind of person. I like to learn stuff, new things that interest me. But if it catches my eye, then, you know, I'm I'm pretty much on it. And so when we saw what the hell, additionally, I'll be honest, I had no intention on changing anything. I wasn't unhappy with you know how I felt or how I looked or any particular way there you know obviously problem areas that everybody just is self-conscious about but nothing that I was nudged by a doctor or anything to to fix or anything severe to my knowledge and so like I said it was initially I was going into it as entertainment but when we watched it there were so many things that I thought were problematic I wouldn't even say problematic. There were just things that had been ingrained into me. For example, the protein myth that 
to my knowledge, the only way to get protein was through me. Yeah. I didn't have any idea where else you can get it. And, and so that was one thing that was like, okay, maybe they're on to something, right? And I think really, I, I don't tell people this often because it can be a touchy subject, but what really hit it home for me and made me make the decision was when they talked about how heart disease, uh, specifically heart failure, was the number one leading killer in the United States. And it's mainly caused by clogging of the arteries, hardening of the arteries, and a big part of that is cholesterol. Because most of that cholesterol, because you can get good and bad, as we know, Mm -hmm. but the one that causes the heart disease comes from meat. So I was like, okay, that's that's really what hit it home for me. So I was like, all right, I planned on living for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah want to be a centenarian so I say and doing the best I can to live as long as I can was a priority so it just really came at the perfect time so if you know Marcus you'll know what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) but Marcus was every day he would eat like chicken a baked potato and a salad every day so after watching it you just immediately were like I know I can do it like how did you know you were going to stay on this journey. It was the information that helped me make the decision. When I made it, I'll say this, I didn't think it would be difficult, to be honest. I was like, oh, this will be easy. Just cut out meat, right? There's plenty of other stuff to eat. There's fruits and vegetables, and that's pretty much why the list ended. <laughs> on, an, on a previous episode, I was telling them the story about the first time when I bought that Beyond Meat. Like, it, was, it wasn't the Beyond Meat of today. Yeah. It was like that one in the package. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is going to be so great. Yeah. And I made like tacos and stuff when we bet it. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, this is not. Yeah. Not... <laughs> Definitely not me. Not even close. It's been a lot of trial and error. I'm grateful that research has been done. And we, you know. We don't are... have to live that life. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> but I think that. It's my personality that that lends itself to making the switch. But uh, I tell people often when they ask, I was eating chicken while we were watching it. Yeah. We had just went shopping. We stuffed our fridge full of meat and all the no- normal stuff that we usually get. It's kind of weird if you think about it, like how things happen. Because I want to say, like, we had, like, just literally went to, like, the meat market yeah. for grocery stores. And, like, believe it or not, guys, but, like, that wasn't where we even regularly went to get meat from so it's weird that like we had literally (laughs) had just went to the meat market and bought a bunch of stuff and then and then i'm like let's watch this documentary because to be honest i didn't really know i knew it was like health focused but i didn't know it was really vegan centered so i just and i i'm a knowledge junkie so i like watching documentaries but yeah it's just kind of full circle when you when you think about it like that like we really had just bought like a whole lot of meat we did no, I mean, but if you remember, like, we were saving it, we were trying to save money, we were just in a different position than we are now, but we were, you know, not, like, ridiculously overeating, we didn't, like, yeah. barbecue all the time, like, it wasn't like we are going to go through that anytime soon, it was literally just, like, hibernation prep. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, like, amount of stuff that we got. But I think it was setting us up for who we were supposed to be because... Well, we ended up doing after we made the switch and I was like, okay, we got to do something with all this meat. We can't keep it here. Otherwise we'll eat it. We ended up being a blessing to other people and we gave yeah. it to everybody. So that was one way of, you know, 
I think our power is saying, you know, God saying, hey, y'all are supposed to be a blessing to others. This is just the first step, but this is an easy yeah. way to help you ease into that life. And so. And just again, disclaimer, guys, remember judgment free zone. And this is about helping people stay on the path and stay encouraged. So we will, you know, reference times of eating meat before, because I think it does a disservice. I've talked about that in previous episodes <laughs> when you act like it was just you know, this yeah, is you, you were this. born into it. And that's not most people's stories. I mean, if it is for you, that's awesome. And I'm happy for you. <laughs> but like, that's not, that's not us. And that's not anybody that we know. So we just want to be open and transparent about that. Yeah, because I definitely knew vegetarians throughout my walk of life. And, you know, they would still eat eggs and, or maybe not eggs, but you know, dairy, like the cheese, people that were vegetarian, like that. but then like they never got it right. They were like, no, yeah, I'm vegetarian. Like, yeah, I just eat seafood. Sometimes, yeah. like, I don't think that's what that I is. Have misinformation, but but it's okay. The, back to the documentary though, and back to like the the mindset shift. I think it is is that it's the information. Information will change the situation, but it really depends upon the person and where they are in life. Because if you're not ready to change, or if you don't, the, the only way to make somebody do something is for them to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, either whether it be health-wise or financially or whatever, a lot of times they have to hit rock bottom. It, it takes it takes a lot of discipline to make the shift when everything's going right, you know, when everything's not falling apart or falling around you and you have no other choice and your back's against the wall. Fortunately for me, like I said, it was my all-in personality. I knew if I told it, it wasn't. I wasn't going to take it serious, and I was just going to backslide. So I had to do it for me to go cold turkey. And again, to be honest, uh, being a father and being an entrepreneur and about building legacy, providing assets, like one thing many gurus or just wise people or wealthy people in general will say, your health is your number one asset. The time you have on this earth is your number one asset. And when you leverage your health and other people's health and time, that helps you build and grow uh, to be better who you're trying to become. And so I need as much health as I can and as much time on this earth as I can to build an empire. Like, it's not going to be easy. Rome wasn't built in a day, as I say. So that's why I was like, if you can't definitively tell me that if I eat just meat every day, and I'll live to be a healthy 80, 90, 100 years old, I was like, this, this is not worth it. Like, if, if there is information... Now, granted, it, it's not as uh, definitive as, for example, drugs and alcohol. Those are clearly bad for you. It's just the little things over time. If you don't check it or if you don't monitor it or mo- do it in moderation and it goes overboard like a lot of Western diets can be, it can be unhealthy. And then by the time you're 60, 70, 80, you've got all these health conditions that definitely were preventable 20, 30 years ago. What you going to do now? Like now it's yeah. like medication, surgery, all this stuff, and it's too late. You think of all like the restaurants just society has built in like that buffet. Like, I mean, growing up, we were at a buffet all the time. Like definitely. even just like CeCe's, like CeCe's is where we went like yeah. every Friday. Golden Corral, Luby's. Yeah, like, and you just think about all that food that you're consuming. Like you're literally eating like a week's worth of food just like in that because you're not even that hungry it's just because it's there and you're like oh let me try this and now i'll get a third plate of mm-hmm. a totally different meal <laughs> like multiple it's sides because it's, it's crazy so good you won't believe it's vegan 
That's what one of our first customers ever said to us when he tried our desserts when we launched at a farmer's market. And it stuck with us. You don't want to give up your sweet tooth? Who said you had to? Head over to southernrootsvegan.com where we specialize in recreating southern classics with a plant-based twist. We ship nationwide a variety of your favorite baked goods. Donuts, cookies, cakes, and they're all Tabitha Brown approved. Use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your first order. That's southernrootsvegan.com. Now back to the show. So you didn't know any vegetarians. Like, had you heard of a vegan before? Like, what comes to your mind? We had an episode about this. Like, what came to your mind when you heard the word vegan previously? Unfiltered. What was the first thing? No, it was just somebody that, like, ate grass all day or vegetables. It was very derogatory. <laughs> it was very derogatory. Even vegetarians, like, it, it was like you were either sacrificing something or you had to deny yourself something. Yeah. And that's that was the first thing that came to mind. And when, when <laughs> after we watched the documentary, I, again, I, I made the decision that night and I wasn't going to change it. But I, it, the first thing I thought was, I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to eat salad and bread every day like <laughs> for the rest of my life. But I'm like, well, at least I'll be, you know, X, Y, Z, right? So that was the justification. But that's what I thought. Yeah, I had said, like, hippie was kind of, like, my first. <laughs> like, just, like, you just peace and love like that was just the first thing that you think of and it it wasn't it wasn't that synonymous with with black people you know it's it's definitely getting Mm -hmm. more now which is is great and that's what we're here and want to be a voice but it's like that's chicken and watermelon unfortunately (laughs) and that's such a bad stereotype (laughs) such a terrible stereotype but yeah it's not synonymous with black people so as a black male What's a challenge for you out there in society? Like, when you tell other people that you're vegan, like, what's the first thing people say to you? They don't say nothing. They just look at me like I got a third eye growing out of my head. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much the first initial thing that you notice is, like... What? <laughs> yeah. And then the questions come. It is like, they think they've misheard you. <laughs> like, did you mean another word that rhymes with vegan? But, no, it and it's... uh. And then people start spilling, like, their life, too, right? Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> they instantly become nutritionists, dietitians, some type of physician, or someone who's went to medical school why? for a long time. Why, why, why? Uh, that happens. But I think the initial thing with, with friends and family, uh, most of mine were uh, family was like, oh, okay, so you try to lose some weight, or you, it's like yeah. the diet or like fat. The they're a little more positive. Friends is like, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, yeah. Why? What? Why? That's stupid, or whatever the case. So it was definitely opposition. Oh, like that brings me to another point, because I had mentioned this, that just being super transparent is I don't think that I would have done well if I still worked a corporate job mm. during that initial phase, because I had talked about when we watched What the Health, I had already left, you know, our our corporate job and was um, a caregiver for my grandmother, but you still were there. So, like, how was it those initial days? Because, you know, when you work, like, in an office and call center type, you know, that's potlucks and mm-hmm. breakfast. If we're, we're in Texas, so breakfast tacos, mm-hmm. like, people are getting... Literally, like, brisket and egg tacos in the morning yeah. <laughs> at 7.30 in the morning. Early. 
So, like, what was that working, like, in an office? It was difficult on potluck days, but it kind of goes into the old preparation thing because you, unless you're going to, and again, I wasn't the type to always just DoorDash or have something yeah. delivered. I was, he was super cheap, y'all. Yeah. He would never. Frugal is the word. He, he would word. never, <laughs> never order something. Not and, ever. What? Pay a service suite? No. Like, <laughs> no. I could go into something else, but. No, I, I, I wasn't doing that often. And so I was already bringing food. And the good thing, mm-hmm. too, it was a fortunate time in life that I was already cooking. I learned how to cook from a young age. So I was accustomed to making my own foods. I would make food for... for Chicken, and baked potato, and salad. And steak. <laughs> <laughs> when I met Kara, she introduced me to a wider range of seafood. I actually started making different seafood and stuff thanks to her, but... It just transferred easy and just making plant-based food, uh, breakfast and stuff like that. But initially, in the very beginning, it wasn't hard. I would just go and buy one of those prepackaged salad meals or yeah. something like that. So I'd get that for lunch and there was like a Walmart across the street and not far. So I'd just go pick something up if I didn't already bring a salad or whatever. And, and again, I thought for the longest time I was just going to have to eat salads for lunch and dinner. For a while, you did when you were making those like salad sandwiches. <laughs> oh, that thing was delicious. That was the best thing ever. I it was literally it. like toast, like a hokey roll, and like <laughs> literally like just make it like a salad and yeah. put it in there. Uh, stuff, lettuce and pickles <laughs> and bell peppers and carrots, onions. It was delicious. It was the best thing since sliced bread. You gotta do what you had to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I like and I know what I want, and I go get it. So that's what I did. Yeah, go get. Yes. Most definitely. I go get it. But what was the reception of other people like when they realized like, oh, Marcus isn't eating like his chicken and potatoes anymore? Like, what was the reaction? (laughs) Funny story. They called me the garbage disposal at work because I would just, I would eat my food and then whatever was left over, I would eat that too. Or if people didn't want stuff, I would, I would eat whatever it was. If it was food, I'd eat it. That's what I used to say. I told him that my nickname back then... Triple Starch. It was Double Starch. <laughs> was, he, he tried it, y'all. He tried, he tried to come for me. Close enough. Close enough. Because it was like, veggies were not were not my, my pick of choice. But, no, and at work, another funny story. One time, I'll regress a little bit. One time, I bought fish to eat for lunch and I ate it up in the in the break room in the microwave. That's like rule number one of what, what not to what do in an office. This. Yeah. In an office break room. You and I was like, oh man. Microwave fish. Yep. I sure did it. And it was since I right. went vegan, I only did it once, but since I went vegan, that was never a problem again. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was good. But it was, and it, while after a while, people are just waiting for you to kind of fail. They're yeah. Waiting for you to slip up or is that this or that? And oh, when I found or when uh, Burger King finally started doing the yeah Impossible burgers or whatever, or I would find some meat alternatives like from a fast food place, or I'd just go get fries, fries in the drink. They'd be like, "What's in that bag?" Like it's just fries. <laughs> like, but like, why? Potatoes why are you... vegan. <laughs> yeah, remember, like your mom was like, "Oh, is that a vegan potato?" Like, We're yeah, like, French fries are vegan. Yeah, all potatoes are, are vegan. <laughs> But that's just people like, what? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but why Why do you think that it's, why does it come across 
they might not know they're doing it, but why does it come across that people are kind of like waiting for you to fail? I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of personal development. A lot of times what it is and what I found is when you do better, when you go after your goals and dreams, it's like holding up a mirror for other people of what they could or should be doing. And so when you're doing what's not easy, but it's definitely right, good, better, etc., then they look at themselves and, again, depending upon the person, they can get down on themselves. It can hurt them, or I guess they could hurt themselves because you're not hurting them. Uh, but it can, it can be negative yeah. mentally for them. And so that's not a good feeling. So it's also, if you could think of it as a crabs in the bucket mentality, like, okay, you're trying to eat healthy. Who do you think you are? Just come back down to the bottom of the barrel with me where it's comfortable what we've been doing. Like, this is who you were when I met you. Yeah. Why are you trying to change it now? It's making me look bad. They may not say that out loud, but subconsciously that happens. Mm-hmm. And so it manifests itself in different ways, but it's it's pretty much just a lot of times exposing people's insecurities and it's their subconscious reaction. Throw out them $50 words because, you know, that's just what I do. So what would you tell people that have kids? Because I was saying... Like little little Malaki, just kidding, Malachi. If you're listening, <laughs> I, we always call him Malaki because if you have Bluetooth headphones or like Siri or Alexa, like they'll say his name Malaki instead of Malachi. <laughs> so, <laughs> in our culture, we'll definitely keep something and like keep calling you that. Like, <laughs> but like for pe- people that have kids. Like, if you change, because again, like, we weren't born into the plant-based lifestyle. It wasn't familiar to us. So, all of a sudden, you watch a documentary, you're, I'm vegan now. But our son's upstairs, like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> so... Can't have meat no more, son. <laughs> or cheese. What would you tell parents that are looking at, at going vegan, but they don't know how to ease it into their family's lifestyle? The easiest thing to do for parents with your kids is get them while they're young. That's the easiest way. Train The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will never depart from it, right? So if you start them young, then it it becomes habit, yeah. and it'll be part of their lifestyle, right? Now, Malachi was young, but he wasn't. He was, like, 13. Yeah. He he wasn't, like... 12, 12 or 13. He's 16 now. Yeah. He just wasn't baby young or toddler. Like, he wasn't young enough to mold at that point. He'd already been, like we were growing up, exposed yeah. to eating meat, and it was just the thing to do. So there was two ways I thought about it. You know, either do the, the dictatorship way and make him do whatever it was and, and make it a bad thing to eat meat or, or not not talk down about it because I didn't want to because again it would have been in it's my mind hypocritical yeah. to to make it seem like you're bad if you eat meat yeah like you were just eating meat yeah. an hour ago yeah like <laughs> you can't we came home from the store with me <laughs> like, like why, why is it I bad I just now? unloaded the car of the grocery <laughs> so it's like you can't <laughs> you don't want to do that because I was saying like that sets up your child to be kind of deceptive and stuff especially you know, if your kid's in public school, like you're saying, that's it. No more pizza. No more meat. Like they're gonna, grounded. yeah, like they're gonna go to school and be like, "Give me the chicken burger, please," yep. and then they're just gonna start lying to you. Because they've already, and that's the thing with with food and and things that taste good. Your brain 
builds grooves in these habits and it knows what it wants and what or it gets addicted for lack of a better word of what what it tastes good and so especially with children who may or may not have great disciplinary skills they're going to see and be influenced by the outside world their friends and there's only so much you can do outside your home to keep them on the straight and narrow right so giving them the option empowers them to make their own decisions make their own choice mature in that way and then if they see you, because I tell people all the time, and parents, y'all know this, kids do what they see you do, you yeah. know? So the whole do as I say and not as I do thing definitely works very, very, very little and only up to certain ages. But when you model certain things and you can put rewards behind it or just positive praise or whatever, you just model what you want them to do and they, you know, do what you, they see you doing. And so especially if... There's a health benefit for it. Say, for example, if you're diabetic, for example, I'm, I'm not, but this is just an example. Say, if you have a health condition that could be corrected by diet. Say, if your physician is like, you know, just change your diet, whatever, whatever, and you won't have to take this medication. You follow the steps, you do the things, and you take your kids on that journey with you. And you say, hey, you know, uh, dad has to take X amount of insulin today, but, you know, a couple of weeks, months, years from now, I won't have to take any, but all I have to do is eat this, you know, cut out this, this, and that. And they take, they go on this journey with you and they see the progress, they see the rewards, they see it being better. Now there's an example, a model for them to follow for a reason, not just because I said so. It's like, okay, this actually is going to make me healthier. And when they get older and just, you know, for whatever, if, if, uh, if, if a health condition is pre-existing or genetic, you know, and, and you change your diet and the kids see that, you know, if they realize like, you know, hey, if I keep down this path, it'll make me better for it in the long run. Yeah, I was saying too, like how we we introduced him to a, like a multitude of documentaries and it wasn't like, here, watch this. Because I definitely think there was a point sometimes with me, like when I watch something and I'm like, oh my God, like I kind of have to tell everybody. So then it's like, hey, guys, you have to watch this documentary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that might be, like, subconsciously, my mind is, like, trying to get an accountability group and, like, rally up some troops, like, help us <laughs> do this together. Word but, vomit. Yeah. So I was saying, like, we um, we watched, like, a, a bunch of different documentaries with mm-hmm. him because I remember our niece, Alyssa, was there, too, for the summer. And Amelia. Shout out to Amelia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, we watched Super Size Me. We watched Forks Over, Forks Over Knives. We watched Blackfish. So it was, like, we showed them a bunch of different documentaries about things that were going on. And it wasn't like, hey, don't eat meat anymore. This is it. Like, we went through a different talk. But we even watched one, like, on sugar. And it showed them, mm-hmm. like, all the sodas and stuff. To, like, what it can do to your teeth. So it was, like, just oh, yeah. kind of peeling the Ooh. covers back on on things, like, yeah, it was like the I forgot what it's called, but it was like it was like a kid that had all that Mountain Dew. Yeah, I'm all jacked I mean, up from Mountain Dew. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only twelve years old, but oh uh, yeah. Um, I think too, that's that's another great point because kids learn as the generations develop. Kids learn differently. It's not just books and libraries anymore. It's it's screens and videos. Yeah, and so giving them tools that they're familiar with that they may be hip to it or they might not be that, you know, they're learning by intaking the information. So giving it to them in a form that 
they're used to it if they like or they just won't completely just reject and tune out. Because it really is ingrained. Like, I'm always still, like, flabbergasted when thinking about, like, how much milk were we drinking in school? Like, tons. So much. Tons. So much for every meal. <laughs> like, why? Why were we drinking milk for lunch? <laughs> that, I mean, we can go there, but... Let's go there. That's what this is about. <laughs> it's about, I mean, that that's money. It has nothing to do with nutritional anything. That's, you know, uh, meat and dairy industries trying to sell their products to as many people as they can as quickly as they can. And what better way to get everyone on board with consuming your product if you package in a bite size or a small container and then you say, hey, this is going to help your kids become healthy. And then it's like the Got Milk ads. They just have celebrities like, oh, look, there's Michael Jordan, like with the milk mustache or in sync, like whoever, like this, you know, yep, the celebrity milk. is at the time. And then you find out, like, when you're older, like, that wasn't even a milk mustache. It's like glue. It's yeah. like, that doesn't really happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like we were just magic. ingrained to drink so much. And it's like, you have to drink 10 glasses of milk a day or your bones are going to be brittle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When we found the information and we were, we are lifetime learners, we took it upon ourselves to go find out or basically be Mythbusters. Yeah. And so I was so grateful when I got uh, one of the books that I tell people about all the time, especially in the beginning when I was, I was kind of like the, the word vomit guy. Like I was excited and I wanted everybody to be like, hey, you know, this makes so much sense. Like it was crystal clear to me, but not to everybody else, but the book that I got was uh, How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. And he breaks down diseases, chronic or not, and what what you can do diet-wise to either correct them or prevent them, right? And that one right there gave me so much clarity and information because I, I didn't want to be the guy that just I watched the documentary and now I'm this health and wellness guru off of one documentary like that. Yeah, that makes there's no definitely sense. people too like that are like, well, that documentary is biased. And I, I said that, I think, like in episode one, that we're not like paid spokespeople for what the hell. <laughs> it's just like do your own research. Like look at there's a bunch of different documentaries. Look up definitely. different uh, books and different articles. Like definitely do your own research. And I mean you might come to the conclusion that you don't want to be plant-based. And I mean, that's okay. Like, yeah. you know, just implement more fruits and vegetables and, you know, just kind of be mindful of where you're getting your stuff. Like, we just want people to be armed with knowledge and be successful. And we're here to kind of help you facilitate through that through that journey. Yeah, because I mean, I, and I, I tell people like, you know, don't be scared of the title. It's just information. But yeah, you, you make your own decision because like she said, we're not paid spokespersons. At the end of the day, it makes no never mind of what you decide to put on your plate, and it doesn't affect her eye in any kind of way. I do just want people to be healthier, and that's that's one main reason why I wanted to make the switch as well. Because a lot of people in my family have conditions that definitely could have been prevented, but due to a list or a host of different reasons, you know they just decided to keep doing whatever they were doing and it, you know, led them to where they are now. 
Well, I think too, like that's unfortunate, but like in our culture, you're just kind of ingrained that you're going to get these diseases. And that's, that's like really like, like you're saying, like we're being myth busters because it's like, you don't have to. Because I remember even now, like a couple of years ago, like a family member of mine told me, because we were talking about blood pressure and like a lot of people in my family member have high blood pressure. And I was like, oh, well, thankfully, you know, when I go, my blood pressure is always like, it's right around 120 over 80. So it's always in the normal range. They're like, oh yeah, it just hasn't got you yet. Like it's, it's coming, you and your brother, like y'all are, it, y'all are the only ones for now. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, like yeah. you don't have to get high blood pressure. Like that's those, like in our culture, it's just ingrained that like, it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of when, but like yeah. eventually you're gonna get high blood pressure, you're gonna get diabetes. And so like, no, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, no, I, I say it all the time. The only things I gotta do is stay black and die. And <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, everything else is, you know, optional. So also I found this to be really interesting. Nobody dies of old age. Like you hit a certain age and your body just like, automatically stops all over like that's not how it works it's definitely because of something some disease or whatever so preventing that or pushing that out as long as you can or being uh, as proactive as you can can definitely give you a better quality of life because a lot i know i know countless friends of mine that are like no i don't want to live till i'm 80 and i'm just laid up in the bed because they see yeah you just think that's what happens when you get older yeah it's like it's, it's not the case we're like, here to tell you it's not because my grandmother mary lee is 99 and exactly. it's so funny like i might have to get her permission to see if i could put it in our in our community but like we're getting her um physical therapy and it's not because you know she has like a condition or something it's literally like she's 99 and it's like she's active like let's give her some stuff to do so it's mm-hmm. literally you know just to have her you know do a little bit more during the day and stuff and they came out to do her assessment and then the um, therapist that was assessing her was like he was doing you know the the tests where they like kind of push your knees and see how how much strength you have and he didn't even realize how it was coming across but he was saying like well for some reason she's really strong like what do you mean for some reason like she's, <laughs> she's healthy <laughs> Where's that super strength coming from? Yeah, like, for some reason, she has strength. Like, no, because we're programmed just to think as you get older. I mean, and obviously, like, as you get older, you know, things do shift and change a little bit. But, like, you don't have to be, like, bedridden. And she's a perfect example of that. And it's kind of like you were saying, like, you kind of are able to not reset the clock completely, but you are kind of able to, like, redirect Mm-hmm. your your life journey and stuff when you're going vegan because like your things do clear up like yeah. you know your blood pressure gets gets better like I, I talked about grandma like she was off diabetic medication she wasn't getting any more injections in her eyes and it's like those are just byproducts from introducing yeah exactly and what do you think about the stigmas that we have especially in the african-american community that because because in our culture before our our race was migrated here so generously to America, um, <laughs> we were a community-based people where there were several generations in a family. They all lived together. A lot of communities uh, do it here in the States as well, but, you know, because they've migrated from wherever, and that's, that's a common thing. You don't ship your seniors off to a certain place to live outside of your family like it, it grows and, and you build wealth and things like that. But do you think it's possible for us to get back to that? 
is there is there any kind of way because then that would you know lessen the need for senior homes i guess but the way the way things are you know people they travel they work remotely or they move out of state you know you want to have a family compound maybe I was like, uh, that's where seeing like you're talking about. Because it, it it's it's unfortunate, but a lot of times that's because if you think about it in nursing homes, if somebody was there with a vested interest for that person and was, you know, coming to visit them regularly, there wouldn't be so many cases of uh elderly neglect and things of that nature. Oh definitely. That's definitely. And that's um you know, that's our story. That's why like thankfully and I'm so blessed that I have a partner like you who, you know, was supportive in that decision to leave my job to be able to be, you know, her caregiver when we brought my grandmother home from the nursing home to my to my mom's house full time because she was healthy. But like, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's, an, it's it was a senior home. So it's like her her friends that she was with were getting sick and, you know, passing away. So it was just a lot that's depressing. So she just kind of, you know became kind of not bedridden but like just laying in bed all day and stuff so it's like we could see her declining and it was that kind of like what do you do and then you know for us there was only one choice which was to bring her home but that's why I'm 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 very passionate about senior care and you know having having good options for them to eat because that was something I was always very vocal about there with grandma is because she they they would say like she's picky and she doesn't like certain things so this you know these are the options and she doesn't want this and I, and I I used to always say like to the dietitian like I think that's a horrible word choice to use as someone's picky about what they want to eat in their life like they should be able to eat what they want mm-hmm. like to say oh well she's not eating this or she's not this like she doesn't like it like and that's her her right. <laughs> she didn't want the spaghetti today. Like, if she doesn't like noodles, she doesn't like noodles, you know? And it's just kind of, we just become dismissive of elderly. And, you know, they're the reason why we're here. Exactly. So I I, I, I always say, like, you know, in our in our plan, I definitely Southern Roots will have a presence, like, in the elderly, in the elderly care. Like, that will be something we're not completely sure how it will be, but like we will make a difference in in senior care. Yeah, and when I said earlier I want to be a centenarian, for those that don't know, it's basically someone that is a hundred years or older. You you get you get that title when you reach a certain milestone, and so I I honestly want to live way past a hundred years old because to go an entire century of living to see the changes of what humans are capable of is fascinating to me. But to be to be that age, to still be, again, cognizant, aware, mobile, whatever the case yeah. may be, God willing, uh, is, is even all the more important because it, it's one thing to be unable to take care of yourself and live versus, versus the opposite. And so I, that's why I say or ask, why do you think in... And, and we'll stick with the Black community because it's, it's difficult to speak on things that other people go through and live through but are used to already but making it not not the nuclear family but just being able to keep generations close knit or at least close together in close proximity i mean there's there's a whole lot of logistics to that finances being one of them but making that a norm or a priority or a paradigm shift to get back to that to be where where we once were in our former glory so to speak 
I think it's possible. I mean... Anything's possible. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do think, and I think it's part of community building and having that... Because sometimes you just don't know. And, you know, like food deserts. Like, mm. people just don't have the choices and they think something is super difficult so just being armed with that knowledge because like you're not going to find it on tv like every commercial is going to be like for mcdonald's or (laughs) you know the stuff that's right in your face isn't always what's best for you very true very true okay so let's talk a little bit about dining out while (laughs) vegan (laughs) back to the top long way home (laughs) what would you say is your favorite snack like, if you're just out in the car, like, driving around. Grapes. Grapes are something you, you take with you often. Wasn't possible, but fruit in general. I, I grew up eating fruit and veggies as a norm. Like, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily an option. My, my grandmother on my mom's side, she had a garden, though, and we were always out. We, had, we were fortunate enough to go out there and help her garden and grow stuff. And, That's awesome. And they had, they had a peach tree in the back, actually. So I remember... Every year, peaches would, you know, fall. They would grow. They would sprout. They'd fall from the tree. So I didn't get my peaches in Georgia. I, I got them in the say, backyard. It's so hard for me not to say just to be right now. I got them in the backyard in Kirby, <laughs> Texas. That's where I got my peaches from. And so I would eat them, and they would be delicious. Like, I, I grew up eating that kind of stuff. Uh, again, meat was there. But... Snacking on something that tasted good that didn't go bad, like, once you yeah bought it. Like, it wasn't, it had a decent shelf life. So, I found that watermelon was just too messy. Otherwise, it definitely would have been watermelon. <laughs> like, but I can't just eat watermelon. I could, but that... that I never, I never really was look. a fan. Like... A watermelon? Yeah. What? I mean, you know, I still don't. Like, oh, man. It's not... Let me take, where's your black card? I need it. <laughs> I need it right now. I don't know. It's just, it never did anything for me. Like, I love pineapples. Are, pineapples are my favorite fruit. But no, fruit is what is my snack of choice. If not, it's cashews or some type of nut. But I mix the cashews with, like, craisins. Yeah, craisins or craisins or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But just some little easy snacks you just take with me that, that I'll get. Peanuts but are good. Snacking is key. That That is what saved me. And I found that early on because when you cut out something heavy like meat, your body needs to process its nutrients quicker, or it processes the good stuff a lot quicker, and it goes through you a lot quicker, so you're hungry more often. Yeah. And for me, I get hangry quickly. Oh, and he's not him when he's hungry. I definitely am not. So I was like, okay, let me bring an apple, because, <laughs> and again, I was working at the time, so there was a vending machine, but I mean, after a while, Fritos get, get old, so, and it's, and you know, just eating salty stuff all day isn't great either. So bringing something that I know that I could just put in a Ziploc bag, like I said, grapes, I just snack on those throughout the day. And that's a that's a great snack for me. If you don't, if you're not like a fan of fruit or something like that, again, try something that's easily accessible and you can go to your local grocery store. Peanuts, that's a good source of protein. Nuts in general is a good source of protein. Yeah. And you can find different flavors if they're vegan and they didn't mix, sneak in some milk some kind of way, but... Read the label. Yeah. But I think this is a really good topic that we're on, so I think we're going to come back and make this two-parter. So we're going to come back next week and finish this up. Oh, did that go too long? Am I long-winded? She likes to say I'm long-winded. 
a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> but it's great knowledge, and I think it'll help. It'll help everybody because we're building a community, so we're here to help. And it's a great topic, so we'll continue this topic of dining out while vegan, best snacks, best road trip snacks, and stuff, all of that good stuff. So we will see y'all next week. Peace. I hope you enjoyed this episode of I Can't Believe I'm Vegan. If you did, remember to hit subscribe and follow our podcast. To stay even more up to date, head over to ICan'tBelieveI'mVegan.com and join our community. We'd love to have you. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Kara. See y'all next time.